Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. The Browns are clinched. So uh, Zach Jackson here. I'm going to have a special guest on in a minute, but uh, we appreciate you guys reading. We've been doing mostly live rooms for the podcast, um, doing them on Fridays. Did one on Friday. You can go back and listen. Jason Lloyd and I going over the game. So um, there was not a lot of doubt they were going to beat the Jets. They showed up. They did it. It was quite a party. Kudos to everybody that made it. It felt like a big game atmosphere an hour before. Almost everybody stayed to and through the end, um, as you should have been waiting a long time. So the Browns are in the playoffs. So it is Saturday the 30th. Um, recording this. I'm not sure when you will listen, but we're about 24 hours away from the next round of games kicking off. And you probably know the Browns are likely headed for the five seed. Uh, if the Ravens win tomorrow, the Ravens win the AFC North and the Browns are locked in to the five seed. If the Ravens lose to Miami, then the division goes to week 18 because the Browns would win a tiebreaker with the Ravens. So if the Ravens were to lose to Miami and to Pittsburgh in week 18 and the Browns were to beat the Bengals, then they would be division champs. But uh, they're the five seed, and they will play most likely. Uh, they're most likely the five seed. They're not, again, it's not absolute. But it's an 85 to 90% chance that they're going to be the five seed playing the AFC South champion. Now, if Jacksonville wins its last two games, it's Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence is out. Uh, we don't know where he stands. They play Carolina, who's awful. We'll see where that goes. If KC was to lose um, and continue its slide, they could fall down to be the four. But um that's the situation, uh, which you guys probably know, and everybody be watching that Ravens-Dolphins game, not just because it should be a phenomenal football game, but because it, there's still something to play for there. And then we'll see in Week 18 if the Bengals are playing for anything, if the Steelers are playing for anything, uh, if the AFC South is still a three-way tie going to the to the end there. Uh, we will see how that goes. So coming out of the game, Elijah Moore had that scary concussion. I think everybody has seen the video. Um, he spent the night in the hospital. He was at home. Amari Cooper missed the game because it was a short week. This has been one tough dude. Um, has only missed a handful of games over his career. That was the first one he missed in two seasons with the Browns. Um, Amari wasn't going to miss if it was Sunday. So he will play if the Browns need him next Sunday. Um, you know, they've been managing him all year. It's year nine for Amari. He's 29. 
He's played a lot of football. He's taken a lot of hits, but he takes care of himself. He's 225 pounds. Um, he is a pro's pro. He will be there you know, when they need him. Injuries have been the story, but this team continues to overcome, which you guys know. Um, Dustin Hopkins is not going to be back for the regular season. I, I'm not sure what the prognosis is for the playoffs. That's still two weeks away. That's the good news. They're hopeful to have the punter back, Borquez. Um, we will see how that goes. And then if they are in a situation where it's a meaningless game in the standings, um, yes, they they probably will rest guys and they will lean towards that. But you have to be realistic. You can't rest everybody. You only get you know, 46 active roster spots. Um, and so you, your guys are going to have to play. So would it make sense to protect Joel Batonio, Miles, even Miles Garrett, even if he wants to play a little bit, you know, we'll see how, how all of that goes. You would not see four quarters of Joe Flacco and Miles Garrett um, in that type of situation. So who would actually dress, who would get a fully sit out? What is this? I don't know. The Browns don't come back to practice until Monday. They were, the Browns were using Friday and Saturday for Christmas for the coaches and players because they had the short week coming home the night of Christmas Eve from Houston and then getting ready for that Thursday night game. They were ready. Um, they won it as you know, and, and we'll see here. So, um, you know, you'll probably see a lot of James Prochet and Pierre strong, right. And Harrison Bryant, um, more of Ronnie Hickman and DeAnthony Bell and those guys. Um, Mike Ford got hurt in that game. He's a special teamer, and he's a backup to the backup at corner. But that dude is a football player, and he plays his butt off. He brings energy and experience and goes in when they need him. You know, I've talked about this and written about this. Uh, a long time ago, someone said you're going to need minimum 10 DBs to get through a season. You just are. And the Browns long ago crossed that threshold. There was a game they had to play five different guys at corner. And that was one of the games that Ward was out. So they were on their fifth and sixth corner in their playing, right? Um, just how it's going to be and, and bell and Hickman, obviously Hickman had the touchdown. You know, those guys went from not playing at all um, to playing a lot and playing well. I thought D'Anthony bell has played really well the last couple of games. So uh, there is some magic to this team and how they've plugged the guys in and how they've stuck together and, of course, Joe Flacco has just ignited, energized. I could run out of words talking about what he's done. He's opened the full playbook. And, um, you know, the Browns have been good enough to live with the turnovers. And Stefanski and Flacco will live with the turnovers, too, because to the places that he can throw the ball, most guys can't. That means most defenses aren't counting on it. So you'll live with the ratio there, and you'll live with what he's brought in terms of experience, smarts, an ideal fit for how Stefanski wants to run an offense. From from the first day, Joe Flacco's three practices with the Cleveland Browns, um, it looked like an NFL offense, and it has gotten better since then. And this is a scary team. So um, I'm going to bring on my special guest, my longtime friend, Andre Knott. You guys might know him. Um, we had a podcast together on a different platform. We might we might later, or we might again. Um, we're not going to get into that. We're going to talk ball. But uh, he's at Bally Sports Ohio. He does some stuff with ESPN Cleveland on the radio. He's always on Twitter spewing nonsense, and I'm going to give him a platform here. So appreciate you guys listening to Civilized Barking. Uh, be back next Friday with the live chat. Be following through the week as we, again, starting Sunday, you know, start to get a better picture of what the playoff picture, a uh, clearer picture of what the playoff alignment is going to be, who the Browns might be playing, what scores really matter. And then again, if they're still alive, and they might be by Sunday afternoon. So thank you guys for listening and reading all year. Subscribe if you haven't. Do us that favor. And uh, let me click the right buttons and get over here to Andre and I. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So, as promised, I bring in a guest, an old friend, (laughs) someone who covers sports, who watches the Browns closely, who knows the psyche of a Cleveland sports fan. Who knows the NFL? Um, Andre, you and Ryan Day got two things in common. <laughs> one, you were both born on third base. <laughs> and two, neither one of you is working on January 1st. <laughs> but <laughs> I am glad that on December 30th, we could do this. So let's talk ball. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you for putting me on here. Um, I've never been a part of anything called Civilized. Uh, I've never had a dog that barked, so this is perfect for me. Um, Ryan Day's got some issues, man, and, and and being born on third base didn't teach him how to block the outside linebacker last night, and uh, that's that's going to be the least of his issues over the next. Two well, years. yeah, and look, we're we're going to talk Browns and whatever else. Um, when you're Ohio State and you're put in that spot, it's no win, right? Yeah, and, and, no doubt. Um, and those who say it didn't matter who was quarterback because the O line are right, um, but you know he put himself in that spot because. When you're Ohio State, you have a Ferrari, and you do not let a teenager drive a Ferrari. No doubt, no right? doubt, no doubt. And there's, um, so many, there's so many layers. There's so many layers to the Ohio. So State many layers to it. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So you know, like, like even going back and forth, the game, the toothpaste is out of the tube, and most people don't know how to to even get it directed or take care of it right now. The one thing I'll say with Ohio State quickly is that, and I know John Cooper's the easiest comparison, and that's why I texted you last night asking about the kid from South Carolina that killed us way back when. Mm-hmm. Um, you knew I'd know, know that name in a stinking heartbeat. It didn't matter. It didn't matter what you had going on in life. I just had to give you a present. <laughs> and I knew you'd figure it out. But and, and I know this is a corny way of saying it, but Zach, the one cool thing about Northeast Ohio, about Ohio it, it, itself, the pride that we have sometimes, and then we this plays into the Browns, the the civic pride that we have in our teams, especially our football teams, it can be a little maniac. It can be a little manic, manic, excuse me, but. Um, you know, John Cooper was a great recruiter, but he was more of a national recruiter. And we and we lost that taste of what it meant to be Ohio State Buckeyes with John Cooper, even though he was getting four or five guys in the first round every year. Mm-hmm. Jim Trestle brought back the pride of being an Ohio State Buckeye and what it meant to have a Buckeye. And I know all this stuff is corny. And there's people around different parts of the country that will hear this and kind of shrug their shoulders and go whatever. Um, but when you've grown up in Ohio and you've kind of seen what Ohio football, Ohio basketball means to each other. I felt like last night they went out in that Missouri team and the, and the, and the DoorDash kid who uh, he'll be lucky to to be the backup, backup, backup to Nick Chubb in two years. Um, there was a pride Missouri had that Ohio State didn't have. And I think yeah. that's not it's not all on Ryan Day being bored on third base, Zach. Uh, but I do feel like when you had the trestles and Urban is part of the reason why we don't have uh, we became a national recruiting team and not a local. Um, I think there that. With NIL and all that other stuff going on in college football, places like Ohio State still have to remember why they're Ohio State. I'm glad you used the word corny because I want to start there with the Browns, right? Okay. Um, this has been a franchise that for many reasons has been identityless for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. And people have tried hard and some have failed miserably and some have made progress. But it was just a, a rushed comeback and a, obviously a rocky road, um, arguably the rockiest of, of any you know, and you just couldn't make happen 
what was, what people of our of a certain age, our age and older, remember in the right. 80s, right? Like right. these are the Cleveland Browns, but it's not been the Cleveland Browns, right? Correct. And, Correct. And you know they have been embarrassing, right? But you've worked around sports for a yeah. long time, and you know that every team there's some corny stuff that goes on, um, some little team building, little accountability, little make sure that we're not getting caught up in the money and the individuality and all of that mm. stuff that goes on. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you know when that corny stuff is extra corny, and old guys like me and you hate it. When you're losing. Yep. But when you're <laughs> winning, right? Now you're excited. Now you don't care about those stupid pers- porcelain dogs with the eyes that light up. Right? <laughs> right and the celebrity right. Gar- guitar smasher, which is stupid shit. Now you're yes. allowed to get excited about who it might be. Because God the product you. that plays in the three and a half hours after it is cool. Uh, yeah. Right? No, I'm, so, I'm so glad you brought this up. Because if you know Zach and Andre, and you've listened to us for any amount of times, uh, we used to call that majoring in the minor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's still something to majoring in the minor, but it's not minor when all the pieces organically come together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, heck, a week ago, I was sitting around texting, uh, and, I, and, I, and this was done, like, I would have made fun of myself for this, so I'm so glad you're bringing this up. I was watching the Steelers-Bengals game, and, and if you've gone to a Steelers game in the last, you know, two decades – and hell, I've had some of my worst nightmares going there. Yes. They play that Renegade song and going into the fourth quarter, and you see James Harrison lighting guys up and, and Jack Lambert with no teeth. And, and you literally would be on the sideline afraid for your life if you had a brown sweatshirt on. I'd been there. And I just was, you know, just in, in a pure joyous moment of corny, I was like, man, the Browns need to use Atomic Dog like that and put a bunch of highlights together. And I said, and it is corny. And when you're a losing franchise and somebody tweeted at me that knows us well and kind of laughed at like, look at where you're at now. You're buying into the, the corny stuff that you used to make <laughs> fun of. Uh, and I did because organically everything else has come together in a way where, like you said, um, do I care who smashes the guitar 10 minutes before the, before the kickoff? I don't. But all the little things that hype up the fans and hype up the players – uh, to win means a little bit more when you're a winning organization and you're not majoring in the minor where, you know, it used to be the porcelain dogs were the biggest moment of the game, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. Because once the game started, it was all downhill. Well, right. Uh, they, I mean, they once tried so hard to, to be the Steelers that they gave out white flags, right? And somehow not, that, that got past the first level yeah. of defense. Right. <laughs> right? Now, saying all that, I got to go to one of the things, and you hit on this earlier in the year, and I know Stefanski didn't give you the right – not I shouldn't say the right answers. Well, he, doesn't give me, he doesn't give me any answers. He doesn't he, give anybody. No. It's not personal. And it's hard to listen to at times. But when you win, nobody complains about that nearly as much. Correct. But when they went to Greenbrier this, this season, um, both of us have traveled with teams. Uh, we've gone through training camps and, and spring trainings. And how do you – like how do you get a group your, – your brother's a coach – and it's like, no matter if it's a bunch of high schoolers, college kids, or pros, how do you get them to buy in for each other, to each other, right? Um, you know, is it watching a movie together? Is it making them catch each other? All, you know, you know, like all those drills you do of like, close your eyes and fall down and see if I can catch you. You know, or right. is it Jarvis Landry losing his you-know-what mind and saying, we ain't going to stand for this anymore. Yeah. How do you build real chemistry, Zach, that, that you really believe in? Mm-hmm. Um and the Greenbrier thing, I thought was the beginning of something that was pretty cool. Um, and I know when you tried to ask Stefanski a few weeks back before they went out to L.A. for a couple of weeks, uh, he really didn't 
he hemmed and hawed on it. Where, where I was sitting in my car and I literally pulled over to the side. And I don't do this often, but I wanted to hear that answer. And you and I hadn't even discussed it because I did think, um, and in talking to other people that are around the team, I thought that was something important that this organization needed. They needed to get away from the corniness of Berea. They needed to get away from, yeah. uh, you know, the things that happen in training camp here where you're just at home. I thought, and I'm not nearly as close to this as you are, um, but I thought that was a big statement by the head coach and those in charge of realizing if we're going to make this about us and make this about pulling for each other, we got to get the hell out of Berea for a little while and realize what us is about. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And, and I think one thing, and this has been a major criticism of mine, and it's something that is at the top of the list this year, Dre, is adaptability. The Browns weren't yeah. this year. They are. And obviously that's in the quarterback and that's in all of that. Right. Right. But for a lot of years when we were talking Browns and you were singing five and 11 songs and then the five <laughs> and 11 remix and all of that, we were talking about messy organization, but we were mostly talking about rosters that didn't have a chance. Right. Yeah. And, and there was constant change, which didn't help that, but there was change in almost every case that needed to be made. Right. Yep. Whereas now in going back to the first year when these guys arrived and they made the playoffs out of nowhere and they should have just tackled Chad Henney and whatever, but uh, they have done a nice job with this roster. Right. Oh and in the NFL, in sports, but in the NFL specifically, when you look at the 32, Dre, there's about four teams that just flat out don't have enough good players. You know, there's right. a next tier of 10 or 12 that don't have enough enough, but there's 28 teams that are capable of being really good. Right. Yep. So yep. you got to be adaptable because you don't know what a season's going to bring. And you got to start with getting good at something. And yep. we, we've been saying that for years that you can have all the fancy spread offense and all the scheme you want. You got to have one play to hang your hat on. You got to have one strength and develop it and adapt from there. Right. Yes. And we're seeing what we've long awaited, which is a full Miles Garrett season. Oh my. But we've seen these guys do a pretty good job with the roster for multiple years. Not perfect, but pretty good. And they've invested in the lines and that's smart, simple, old school football. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But last year they did a really bad job with the defensive line. Yeah. This year they did a really good job with the defensive line. They they paired it with a much needed scheme and attitude change from the defensive coordinator. And, you know, through all the quarterback changes and through all that's gone on, and obviously the quarterback gets the highlights and makes the highlights and has changed everything about how this team is viewed and operates. Lead a, quarter, lead a quarterback situation to the end. Yes. <laughs> right. What I'm saying is through all that and outside of all of that, this defensive line just doesn't get blocked on two of three plays, and that's why the Browns are so hard to beat. Well, and I'm glad you've led us to this. And the reason why I said the quarterback to the end, because it's the perfect exclamation point and the cherry on top. Um, we've been in that Browns organization, no matter the, the job you have now or the job you had then, um, there used to be, because Kevin Stefanski, he deserves everything that he gets going forward. And I mean that positively, but the main thing that has happened for me, Zach, is that you finally have a coaching staff that's not afraid to have coaches as smart as him in the room, which says a lot about any profession. Cause we live in a day and times where, uh, a lot of leaders, quote unquote, want to be the brains of the operation, the physical uh, maneuver. They want all the credit, right? Kevin Stefanski's coaching staff is phenomenal. And you and I both have worked for that organization where if you brought in another great coach, that head coach looked over his back the whole time and didn't trust. Hell, we've been there where we've had coordinators supposedly tell his defense he's going to be the head coach soon when the other guy gets fired. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they had the best offensive line coach in football. And you said something that I'm so glad you brought back that we've always talked about. We always talked about on third down, the Steelers knew what they were going to go to to move the chains, or the Ravens did. Uh, and the Browns never were able to, to, to fully grab grasp that, who we are, what we are. Last year defensively, Joe Woods was like a bad word. And I remember people would get mad at me because they wanted me to kill Joe Woods. And I remember, and I'll, and I'll give some people credit that were mad at me last year because they came to me this year. Ken Carmen's one of them. And Ken Carmen said, Ken goes, Dre, you kept saying last year, it's not Joe Woods' fault that he got hired to do this job and they went out and got a bunch of DBs that are man-to-man coverage guys. Yeah. As soon as they went and got a coach that fit their team, right. look what this defense has done. And to me, like, like they, like, I'll give AB this, and and I think this becomes with continuity, a word that a lot of people didn't even know how to spell in Berea for for a couple decades. <laughs> but because they had continuity, and because you're not changing the incomplete staff year in and year out, um, and you're able to take a real look in the mirror, right? They were able to look in the mirror last year and go, okay, we have spent this much capacity. On, well, first of all, we got the best defensive end maybe in football. Uh, and now we've gone out and we've got all these cornerbacks that are great man-to-man corners, but we're asking them and, and we get safeties from LSU. And, and I and I would say that, and I would say that last year in jest, going, hey man, I don't go get I don't go get corners and DBs from the SEC and ask them to think. I go get corners and DBs from the SEC to go play and run after people and knock them out. Delphi became a completely different player when you put him in a defense where it was. And I'm not, and when I say that, I don't want people to hear this and think that I'm saying they're not intelligent. I'm not saying that. My point is when you go out and you spend second round picks and first round yes. picks, and give him a picks, make it fit. Yeah. Give him a chance to be the best, yeah. not just to be. Yes. Yes. And that's what's happening. And that's what's been so cool about this. The offense is working because they've they they built the offensive line, like Zach has said. They got the best offensive line coach. Uh, in football, and 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 like I said, the cherry on top comes with, yeah, the quarterback conversation is always going to be the quarterback conversation, and yeah, they're winning, and they've got a chance to make Zach work all the way to almost St. Patty's Day, <laughs> <laughs> but none of that matters if the, all that other stuff doesn't match up. Like you said, defensively, um, if they get a lead, you got hell to pay, especially if it's at Cleveland Brown Stadium sure. and the porcelain dogs are out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, look, look, this defense since mid-October has proven itself good enough to drag you to the playoffs. And then you add what's going on with the offense. And you're right. I, I, I don't know that they'll win round one. I, I don't know that they could win the AFC championship game, but anything is in front of them. Yeah. Right. It, it just is. And it's not as simple as this, but the new quarterback fits what the head coach wants to do. And the defensive personnel fits what the defensive coordinator wants to do. And these guys are playing their asses off and playing for each other. And that is a pretty darn good formula. Absolutely. When you believe in yourself, it's like anything else. You don't have to be the most talented. You know, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles a few years ago. Uh, and you're like, like, this is a perfect, I'm glad you said that because you're right. 20 to 25 teams have the talent to win it all in the NFL. They do. Baseball, mm-hmm. too. I, 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 we've been around basketball. The best teams don't always win. But when you get chemistry and you get belief in each other, you got a chance to do anything. Well, think about it. The Eagles won the, the, the Super Bowl a few years back. With one of the worst quarterbacks, I mean Nick Foles is yeah. <laughs> Nick Foles is Nick Foles. Yeah, but think about it: the Philadelphia Eagles have been more talented, in my opinion, since they won a Super Bowl, and it's been more difficult. You you, you see where I'm going with this? Sure, uh, sure. You know, like, it, no, th- there's realms. There's realms that you get into, right? And, yeah. and part of the reason they made the trade, a huge part of the reason they made the trade that they made, 
um, in March of 22 was they looked and they said, we, we've got a good roster here, you know, not a perfect right. one. Nobody does. Right. Um, but they, they knew that the head coach and the quarterback were not going to coexist. They knew the quarterback had a ceiling and, and kudos, a hundred percent honesty to Baker for having the year that he's having. Cause everybody wrote him off, including us too. Right. Hey, Baker, hey, Baker needed, needed this as much as we needed yes. him to go somewhere else. We've too. said since day one that Baker needs to grow up. Yeah. Credit Baker for always being 100% authentic. Credit Baker for growing up a little bit. He could have easily been out of the league. He was dismissed multiple times last year by multiple shitty teams, and he's has them on the verge of the playoffs, and good for him. Right? Yes, good but for him. What, what they, they looked and they said, we have to do this. And so what's happened since then? Well, they gave that season away. The locker room was a wreck. They recognized that, Dre. So this yep. year they not only went out and spent to get Dalvin Tomlinson and Oboe, who they needed, but they went and got Rodney McLeod, who played for Jim Schwartz, who's been around forever, yep. who's one of the smartest football players on earth. In mid-August, they said, why is Shelby Harris still available? Why haven't we called him before? That's right. another fit, right? They had hungry-ass Maurice Hurst, who lost two years and wasn't sure he'd ever play again. He didn't make it through the season. That I guy played him, every snap. Like, his <laughs> life depended on it. Right. Yes. And I keep telling people every game, win or lose, the last people sitting in the locker room is a defensive line sitting around bullshitting That's because awesome. they don't want to leave. They right. they like each other that much. Multiple games looking at the sideline. The offense has third down. The defense is already lined up like if this does. We hope they get it. But if they don't, we're, we're going to run out there and get a stop right now. Right. Right. And I, like, you know, that's where it's at. But, you know, I love hearing all those things because, you know, the quarterback, and, and this takes us into the quarterback situation perfectly, I think, um, because those defensive guys, they don't get all the love that everybody else gets. And so to hear these stories and know, like they play off, like think about, before I get to the quarterbacks, you just made me think of something. Jadavion Clowney came here for a check. And mm -hmm. I, I've heard things that he has said. I've heard things that he went, how he went about carrying himself. This isn't the beat up one him. He, he like many others before him, saw the Browns as, as a check. Right, he saw it as a, a good, easy check to make some money and go about doing his life, and he didn't have the same feelings as the guys you're talking about. You know, it, it was I'm going to make my four or five million dollars. I'm going to try to stay healthy so I can go steal four or five million dollars from somebody else next year. Mm -hmm. Didn't see it as a place where he could, you know, where he could play off of Miles Garrett, become a great defensive player like, like Miles Garrett. Now you got a bunch of guys that can and are willing to play off of it that way, right? Mm -hmm. And to me, the quarterback situation is so hilarious. Because for all the reasons why they have struggled to find the right quarterback, even leading up till today, they finally got a guy that came in here. Flacco's got no pressure on him. You know, he was literally sitting at home like the rest of us a few years ago. And to me, the funny thing is we used to have these conversations about Joe Flacco and was he elite, right? Yeah, I mean, you and I have been a part of him. And, and, and I think if you didn't watch Joe Flacco play up close in Baltimore, you really had no clue as to what made him great or how great his arm was. And it's almost like, and I don't know these guys, but it's almost like with Stefanski, you know, we always talk about adults in the room. And, I'm, and this isn't to put down Deshaun one way or the other, because I hope Deshaun can be mature enough to understand why the guy that's playing right now is having the success that he is. And, and there's small things. Like I, I think of that fourth down touchdown pass to Bell, which is like his first NFL catch. <laughs> like the play is a call that, that Stefanski would have called for Deshaun, but because of Deshaun's world is Deshaun's world, and I'm not even talking about anything off the field, he never has looked comfortable as a Cleveland Browns quarterback for whatever yeah. reason. 
But when you get a guy like Flacco who comes in with nothing to lose, you can blitz him up the middle, up the A-gap with two guys. And he trusted that 27 is going to throw himself in front and get the block. And he's just going to move two steps and patiently throw a dart down the middle of the field. And to me, like that's to me, that play is Joe Flacco in 2023, 20, 24, wherever we're at. You can blitz him, you can call him late. You can, and like, and he's so calm and he, and he sees things and he makes this so easy for Stefanski. Um, that I, I hope, and I don't, and I think Jason Lloyd's done a great job of kind of writing what the future is. John Tellis just asked me about it. I think this is really, really cool, Zach, because he doesn't really care about yeah about the quarterbacks that were here before he, he got nothing to do with tim couch he's got right. nothing to do with, with mayfield he's got nothing to do with with even four well except he's, he's won more games in the stadium than all of them except baker <laughs> but yes but you're right those are just names to him the right? right like he's right. not burnt yet he is completely unburdened by the past and the past being 25 years and really the past being the first 10 weeks of the season and specifically the last 20 months where this organization has put itself under a weight that it could not carry right and, and like, and that's why I had to say it the way we're saying it. There's been so much weight put upon people when they come in here at that quarterback position that we're almost asking, because you said this, and, and anybody that's listened to us knows, we haven't been the biggest Baker fans. We weren't the biggest Johnny fans. But I think as you sit through this, you realize the pressure and the expectations put upon those guys was so unfair. It wasn't right. And no one was going to overcome and do what they want to do. I mean, I'm drinking Bernie Gozar coffee right now. <laughs> you matter, bro. Why, yeah, you're right. It's only so much shirt he got, and he's going to keep wearing it. God bless him. But and like, and I even put, but I bring that up because even telling our friends, like I, I've got a really good relationship with with Bernie. I see him more than anybody else. There's good and bad to that. I see him once or twice a week, and <laughs> I'm still blown away. And I love Bernie. That's one of the things I guess, like I would say it to him. Like when Bernie comes to my wife's event and to see how my in-laws and my parents and your, you know, like how everybody still reacts to Bernie. Um, even if we know, like, it, look, we all have our, our things. I think this quarterback, like, I don't know if anybody here, this is what I would say. I don't think there's anybody else in this world who could walk into the Joe Flacco situation and handle it better than Joe Flacco. Yeah. You know what, um, I, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, look, got this shadow still over Cleveland quarterbacks. That's unbelievable. And and full credit to Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski, but full reality. Sometimes you try really hard to make something work and it's just not going to. Sometimes you get in the fourth or the fifth round or in the late stages of free agency, as we mentioned, and it does work and it pays off and it allows you to get to the next window. And sometimes you just do what you have to do. And it works. And Joe yep. Flacco has been a home run in so many freaking ways. So many. Well, and, you know, I go back to the Nick Chubb injury, too. Um, that Nick Chubb injury way back when was that week two of the season? Or, you know, when you had the two double yeah, headed? Yeah. And, uh, yep. Second I remember week. being in Kansas City and they're playing Pittsburgh. And, and, and I think, I mean, I was crushed. I was, in a, I was in a bar with, you know, Matt Underwood, Rick Manning. Um, you know, we're at the end of the baseball season where we know Tito's getting ready to leave. And you got this great Brown season getting ready to start. And I remember it was, I'll admit, we all put our head, when he got hurt, it was like we were sitting in this bar and there were other Browns fans. And you and I could hear, same old Browns, same, you know, like we put our heads down, like, I can't believe this season's over already. And I remember, and you were in the, you're in the locker room, but I remember guys saying, we got to play like, like Nick Chubb. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, I didn't believe it because how many years have we heard corny stuff like that and then not, and then not happen. 
Yeah, but, and <laughs> sure, and and that goes to this to just truly how special this is because look, on number of injuries, they're only a little above the league average. Everybody's banged up, right? right now, right. four quarterbacks, three offensive tackles, the best running back in the game. Sure. On good stories where you find where all of a sudden an undrafted rookie Ronnie Hickman's playing or all of a sudden a Kareem Hunt who you said we're absolutely not bringing back like that, that does happen. But it right. just sure. the number of times that's happened and how it's all connected and how the other night Joe Flacco, who wasn't on a team, Kareem Hunt, who was looking for a team and was the Browns had absolutely said we're not doing it. Ronnie, Hick, Ronnie Hickman on this team full of seven, eight year vets that they <laughs> spent all this money on 22 years old out there doing it right like for it to all happen at once. I mean, Dre, the, the, the left tackle was at a Halloween party with his kids and his agent right. called and said, the Browns want to bring you onto the practice squad. He was out of the league, right? Oh then he went, yeah. he spent a week on the practice squad that went through a week and they did not even tell him until the night before the Ravens game, you're starting. <laughs> like so then, then Deshaun Watson plays the game of his life and suffers a right. season ending injury. And like that, that day proved to us and to the Browns themselves yeah. that they could do it. And then every single person. Even the most optimistic of you guys, you had to think, okay, well, they're not going to do this with the back. And they weren't going to do it with Dorian Thompson Robinson. But uh, they called no. Joe Mother fucking Flacco. <laughs> right. Well, the best was, and this is where, and this is, and, and I can shout out Nick Camino for this because I love telling him he's stupid or he's wrong when he's stupid and wrong. And it happens a lot, but that's my little brother. That's Dr. So Camino, I'm, buddy. Dr. Camino. <laughs> to those that want to know about airborne things. Um, <laughs> I'll never forget because you and I tell you like I remember when Flacco came in and he's on the news reporting. Well, he came and worked out and he left. And I remember texting him immediately and he'll admit this. I go, dummy, he's gonna be back Monday. It's nothing for him to do on a Saturday during the, you know, I was basically explaining how it worked. And when he signed back on Monday, Camino texted me, he's like, Man, you really are up on this stuff. I go, Camino ain't that hard. Did you see who started at quarterback yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and look, I I do think the Greenbrier mattered, and I do yes. think it was a bit of a hail mary, but it has to be right. Like when you're good, these windows are going to open, and and I, I I've used this this week, right? Two years ago, even at this time, Dre, even at Christmas time, nobody saw the Bengals coming, right? They no. saw them coming, but not not going, not carrying it to the way they carried it. Right. It really is about having that magic month, and you know what? If the Browns are having their magic month now, and they run out of gas in round one or round two. That's fine. This is one that was decades in the making and we are going to talk about for decades. But the reason we think that, or the reason we know that we don't know what the ceiling is on this team is because of the buy-in, because of the mix of humility, experience, and motherfucking arm strength that Joe Flacco has brought. Yeah. Right? Ain't that something with the arm strength? But think about, yes, all those things are true, but it's continuity. We've talked about those words that we've used for so long. Yes. Um, having having general managers and coaches speak the same language, mm-hmm. um, being able to have it's a lot experience. easier to get lucky in that regard. Yes. Yes. It's a lot easier to go find when you bring up Hurst. Like I, like I go through the names you've brought up randomly that because all of those guys have played a role in it. They really have yes. every single one of those guys. But yes. if you have a general manager that's just picking players to pick players and has no idea what you know, it, it's like a marriage. It's like a relationship. Sure, it's like you know, like I, we all like certain things, but when you're with somebody that understands what you like and what will help you, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like bringing in Bubba Ventrone, and you know, Bubba's a fun name to say, and I remember covering him. But I watch special teams, and I see different things now. Where I'm like, okay, Bubba knows what he's doing. You yeah. know, they've gotten blocked field goals from Miles Garrett in Indianapolis. They get one the other day. 
you know, now the kick was terrible. And to me, you know what's crazy? The biggest worry I had going into Thursday night's game was, damn, man, they lost a punter and kicker. Yeah. <laughs> like, like right. honestly, I was more worried about that than anything else. That tells you how I just love the continuity. I love that Andrew Barry and, and, and the coaching staff, and this is big, and I keep going back to it and I repeat it because, Zach, you and I both know there have been times where assistant coaches have been brought in here and the head coach hated it and looked over his shoulder the whole time, and that messed up the game plan. Yes, yes. And th- there's been times that in the locker room there were clear divisions, right? Yes. It's been recent. I mean, in the last two years, they had Clowney and Odell quit the team. Right, 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 right. <laughs> like, <laughs> they flat out did. And both of them would do anything to be back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Clowney's doing his thing, but. Um, well, because it's money. You got to make money right now. That's well, easy. sure. But look, the Ravens knew his value, they know his window. And and they're they're getting it there. Like, yeah, you're not like I said. You can be really good in in in, at your job as a GM as a front office. The best ones don't hit them all, right? No, 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 no. right. They 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 just don't. But you you can connect them. You can get on a little heater, which they are certainly on, of making the right ones. Um, and you know we'll see. It, 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 they've positioned themselves to ha- they're having a magic month and they've positioned themselves to make that two months. And there's no better month to be magical than this month of December. And as you said, there's so many teams that are banged up. Um, and, and, and like, it's the right place, right time. And you've been, you've been watching Amari Cooper for a long time. Cause your dad's a Cowboys fan yes. and an Alabama yes. fan. And we, we, I mean, I remember me and you nine years ago, gushing about Amari Cooper being like, if God created a wide receiver, this is what he does. Yep. Right. Yeah. He's big yes. enough. He's fast enough. He runs routes enough. He's not a burner, but you don't ever see him get caught when he wants to, right? All those things, right? Like Amari is in year nine, and and you know he was really hurt the other night, guys, because this I've looked. He, he's missed two games since 2017, too. You know they manage it because they, they have to, but they play they play through it. But I've I've likened it. He is like a high school kid who just got laid. He just can't quit smiling. He walking around right. that building since Joe Flacco's right. there. Right. right. And, and like I'm glad. You, yes. The coach has <laughs> unlocked now. Najoku was unlocked. Najoku. But the coach is unlocked in the Joku because he finally said, I am so tired of a 60 or 70 percent success rate of David blocking the right guy or running the right, right. route or right. getting to the right place that we're just going to simplify it. And he starts grooving and asking for the ball and you just get him the ball. Dude, <laughs> and then all of a dude, sudden, I'm the so, ones yeah. you want, those backside posts and the, and the other side, oh. you know, rolling against all of a sudden that's there because he has I'm run so, so wild. Yes. To start oh my with. god! I'm so glad you brought him up. And the Cooper stuff is real. Um, you know, we always talk about adults in the room. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm gonna get my one cuss word out, and I won't even say it. <laughs> Little finger to you, Odell Beckham, because you could have been that same adult. And obviously, the national t- natural talent given to one Odell Beckham Jr. compared to Cooper is night and day. But Coop knows what he has, and he's great at it. And he quietly goes about being an assassin at that wide receiver position. And the best ones are assassins. He knows he doesn't have to run a 4-5 to get to where he needs to go. He just knows he's got to be there when the quarterback throws it. And when you have mm. another mature human being throwing it to him, it's magical to watch. Yeah. Now, in saying that, 85 has been my most disappointing player on the Cleveland Browns for the last five to six years because all have known that his talent was probably grade A and higher than anybody else on the roster. And some of the things that would be said back to me about David were, Andre, he's only 20. He left Miami early. He's only 21, Andre. Give him time. And I kept going back to when you're that damn talented, we got to stop making excuses for him, right? Yeah. And then this year, you write in the athletic, you write, 
This is the year he's going to finally grow up or become what he's supposed to become. And I will say this on this podcast because, <laughs> well, I want to stop. I'm going to stop texting it and I'm going to stop saying it because he's grown up finally. And he's become one of the most important Cleveland Browns that we have. Yeah. I mean, and he, thing- it is such a rare combination of size and speed that oh when God. it's harnessed yes. to even the halfway ceiling level, it's really good. And Ooh, he, on, yes. he shows up every day, loving work, right? wanting to work, wanting the ball, not complaining when he doesn't get the ball, blocking his ass off. And when yes. he gets in that open field, man, it's a fight. It's a fight. I used to say, I used to text, and there's only a couple people that know it, but I'll say it because I'm done saying it. But I used to say, and this is a line from somebody that I love, and I won't put his name on it. When we used, to, I used to text every time he dropped a pass or every time he wasn't where he was supposed to be. I would text, looks like uh, Tarzan plays like Jay. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. Thursday night before the game, he's walking around without his jersey on, you know, before the game with his headphones on. And yeah. my wife is oogling and ogling, and I'm usually getting pissed. And, I, and I'm instantly like, that's who we need tonight. He's got to show up tonight. Yeah. And he goes out there and he does some Ozzie Newsome type stuff, something that hasn't happened since 1978. Yeah. Um, you know, in baseball, I'm always asked the question, you know, about, why isn't this guy? Why isn't this? And, and, and I always answer, I'm more patient in baseball than I am football for whatever reason. But I'm always like, we all mature differently, right? Like, we all have to mature, but it takes different things to make us mature. Yeah. And it's almost like with David, because he's really intelligent. I, I want to throw that out there, too. He, he comes from a very intelligent base of brothers. Um, he's, he's, he, he could be doing way, he could be doing a ton of other things. His dad, his brother's a, a brain surgeon. Okay. <laughs> they, they are an intelligent group of guys and I've gotten to know his brother pretty well, his older brother. Innocence. And it's almost like he's had to mature because, well, he had to mature when you've been around all these other kids that they were around. And look, we all fit in differently. But I think he looked around that huddle finally this year, Zach, and he goes, oh, shit, I'm the only adult yeah. in the room. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, you don't maybe. see – in the NFL, you do not see a seven-year developmental project, right? You get two years. Third door is usually out the door, right? right? Just is. No, it has to be. Absolutely. And Nobody's got time. That yeah. kid is a problem. This is a kid that was benched by Freddie Kitchens. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Benched. Bench, we can't have you out there. You you do not do what your coach to do repeatedly. We cannot have you out there. Healthy scratch, end of 2019. But this all goes into continuity, and and and, yeah. and I'll give Stefanski credit. Stefanski's yeah. pushed him. You know, he's pushed him in, and made him realize you are needed. You are too important on this team for us not to trust. I, I love Absolutely. how you tell the story. Like like that, we have to trust you. And and to you know, go a step further, 95's in the same boat. You know, Miles Garrett has gotten away from, and I'll say it, and, and I can say this in a positive way, um, for my kids, they love that he lives in, in the neighborhood. And obviously, we're in a different tax bracket, and I try to explain that to my damn kids. <laughs> but, you know, for, for my kids, it's, you know, I compared it to, you know, to when I was growing up near Richfield, where we would see Mark Price and Craig Elo and John Hot Rod Williams and normalize being around these these guys that I saw on TV because they lived mm-hmm. around, they lived near us. Um, Miles is a great human being. But because of the situation in Berea and because of you get thrown all this money at the very beginning and you've been given this body, this, just like David, you've been given this body that <laughs> nobody in America has ever been given. Yeah. A lot of things came to, to, to the game of the game of football came easy to miles is what yeah. I would say. Yeah. Um, the pressure of leadership, the pressure of being anointed um, to, to be a savior. 
that wasn't always fair to him, right? And I think sometimes because he was the best player on the team, we wanted him to be the leader. We wanted him to say the right things. We wanted, you know, show up at the right time. And that's not realistic. But and not being around the team, and Zach, you are, I look from afar at Miles Garrett now as is he perfect? No. But I do think the rest of that defense says, hey man, Jim Schwartz was brought in here so we can get you loose, right? So we can let you do your thing. Because yeah. if you do your thing, then I yep. get to do my thing. And then I get to rub my stomach and act like I'm hungry. <laughs> and then Zadarius gets to be a dog. And then, like, you know what I Like, he's smiling with a group of guys that are almost all pointing their finger going, hey man, get this dude loose so we can get busy. Yeah. And, and, and that's what they've become. It's so <laughs> fun to watch this defense right now. Yeah, like, I, I'll, I'll we'll close it like this, guys. Um, you know, Najoku was put on this earth to be bigger and faster and, and just make these plays in the open field. And Miles was quite obviously put on this earth to be one of the greatest pass rushers, most gifted pass rushers we've ever yes. seen. And he's on his way to making himself one of the great ones. And if you go to my pinned tweet, um, uh, and, and if you liked this podcast, I ask you just, just hop on and subscribe. But I interviewed one of Joe Flacco's old teammates the first week that this crazy story started happening. And he said, you know, I haven't talked to Joe in a while. He goes, but I'm not surprised because that dude was put on earth to throw football. And they've they've made all these pieces fit, and it's fun. And we 100% mean it when we say we don't know. You cannot put a cap on how far this team could go. Could go. Won't be easy. Um, it won't necessarily mean that they're even going to win round one. But they got the pieces and the chemistry to be dangerous. So enjoy it. You've waited for it. We've waited for it. Thank you, guys. Um, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, coolest thing they got going for them right now? Not one NFL team wants to see the Cleveland Browns. No, that's, that's exactly the big, that is and exactly that's the biggest. Right. Yes, that is the biggest stuff of respect that this sure organization is. could have. Sure and and like you said, that doesn't mean you went on January thirteenth or whatever. Yeah, but dang it, it feels a lot better than what it usually feels. In this Flacco turns thirty nine on Wild Card Weekend. Woo! Was did not get a call six weeks ago yesterday. Had his first free agent tryout ever. Wow. My 39th birthday, I barely remember it. It was just five, yeah, six years no. ago. Well, because it was like 12 <laughs> years ago. All right, this has been Civilized Barking. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you. Thanks for woof, tuning in. Woof, woof. <laughs>